0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. I'm your publisher, Billy Embody. Got a little short one for you to kind of end the uh, back half of the week uh, on the pod today. SMU picks up a big basketball commitment in junior college guard Tyson Jolly. We'll talk a little bit about that and what it means. We dropped a big hilltop review on basketball, especially what's next for Uh, the SMU coaching staff as they look to fill out the 2019 class. And then we'll have an interview with former SMU linebacker Kyron Mitchell from Pro Day with Phil Mayer. And then you'll hear a little bit from Kadarius Smith, one of SMU's really rapidly improving offensive linemen this spring. He's been one of the breakout stars. So you'll hear from him with Phil as well. So let's jump right in. SMU lands a big junior college transfer in Tyson Jolly, one that's been expected for quite some time. Um, the, 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 on SMU side of things, uh, this is one that they've been expecting for a while. They got him on campus for a visit that was moved up two weeks, um, to the end of March. And the goal was to get him committed and, and he left campus uncommitted, but he, look, he talked to, talked it over with his family, uh, his people in his circle, and they decided that SMU is the place to be for him. So it's not really surprising This is one that I said, you know, SMU led for for a long time and they end up getting his commitment on Tuesday evening um, to really get some recruiting momentum heading into uh, the late signing period and all of that. So big land for SMU on the recruiting front there. Uh, He's a guy that can kind of play off the ball, on the ball a little bit. Um, but he's going to be more of your Jamal McMurray type, but more athletic. He doesn't have as good of a a jumper. I would say, uh, that's something he needs to develop more of. He's probably a little bit better of an athlete than, than McMurray. Um, but that's kind of the comparison I was given by a couple people, um, as of late. So, uh, he's, you know, on board with the class and now able to, to kind of help recruit a little bit as, as they look to close with another junior college guy or two, um, and we have more on that in the Pony Stampede Hilltop Review, which we just dropped on the site. It, it runs every Wednesday. Uh, it's kind of a loaded premium content piece that we do with, with tidbits and different stories and things like that that we pick up throughout the week to kind of drop uh, drop in there for you guys. So that's a big one for, for SMU to land Tyson Jolly over Oregon State, Wichita State. And, and after this dead period and some of these other new coaching hires that would have happened, probably some different names would have come a calling late trying to get in there as well. So big land and Tyson jolly for SMU. And so what's next? We touched on that in, in the Hilltop review that we dropped on pony stampede on Wednesday. Um, Some names floating around there to know really it it remains guys like Taz Sherman who uh, will visit West Virginia um, after the dead period ends. And then it'll be guys like um, Darius McNeil, the Cal transfer and, um, Keyshawn Bruton who's out of Chipola College so those are a trio of names to kind of keep an eye on right now as SMU kind of gets gets um ready for what will be the next round of visitors we we also dropped some notes and and kind of some some tidbits a little bit on on kind of what does the roster look like Do, is there attrition what are we hearing on attrition and, and that is again for Pony Stampede subscribers you can check that out uh, on ponystampede.com but um how are they approaching handling potential roster attrition and kind of where do things stand on maybe some potential roster attrition as well. Um, and, you know, with look, with, with Jolly now on board, they can certainly take a look at that, having some, uh, somebody they feel like can come in and contribute right away. So can, you know, they didn't want to run people off without, um, you know, having a plan in place. So, we we touched on that, and I won't go into you know very much you know detail other than that. But that's kind of where things stand now. Is they've got somebody on board, they feel like they that can contribute, um, and now they can continue to go and add to the roster, and feel good about adding to the roster, and then see how the roster shakes out um, heading into the 2019-2020 season. Um, as far as kind of what's ahead, so the early signing or the, excuse me, the late signing period begins on April seventeenth. Uh, it runs until mid May. And right now we're in a dead period, the final four. So coaches can't really do anything recruiting wise. The dead period ends uh, April 11th. Um, so that'll be when official visitors will start back up. And then the, the coaching staff can get out and see some of these players in person um, and and do in-home visits and things like that. It's a recruiting period. And then the last weekend in April is the first um, uh, live evaluation period of, uh, of the spring that's coming up. Um, and it'll, it'll be here before we know it. And so I'll be in Dallas that weekend. Um, Adidas is making a stop there. Uh, I believe Nike is as well. I've got credentials in for both. So should be out there, um, in Dallas for, for those. And then from there, um, it's, it's kind of a long break. Um, they've got that, they've got that month of May off, um, as far as um it being a, a an evaluation period there's no evals in may and then june they have the last two weekends of june and then um two weekends in july um to evaluate these kids and and two really really long weekends in july the 20 july 23rd uh to the 28th is the last weekend it's almost it's almost a full week um of live in person eva- evaluations this is the first summer that it's it's that new um uh, evaluation period in place. So, uh, we'll see how it all works out for everybody, but that's kind of a look ahead to some of the, um, I guess the, um, the future for, for recruiting and kind of what the schedule kind of lines up like. Um, and we'll, we'll be following that for you guys all the way through. And, um, as, as they kind of begin to figure out what does 2020 look like, because for SMU right now, they're at a point on the roster where, if Jimmy Witt doesn't come back, they're not going to have a senior on the roster in all likelihood, I would say. And so how does that affect how they approach 2020 prospects? Do they, um, Does that force them to be, let's say, um, conservative? So that would they not sign anybody in 2020? Or would they go ahead and sign one, or potentially two? So, for example, if Everett Ray goes through the summer or gets hurt again, or what have you, and it's not panning out. I, I would imagine you go ahead and try to get t- a twenty twenty type big, or um, you know, do you do you scout out jun- junior college guys once again to kind of fill that role? That's something to monitor as they get get ready to prioritize what would be a very very small twenty twenty class. Again, no seniors on the roster as of now for next year, so um, they'll be they'll be doing a lot of twenty twenty one because they're going to have a big senior class there. They'll have a lot of holes to fill there. Uh, a lot of 2021 evaluations. Trey Alexander, who's a four-star shooting guard out of Oklahoma City, picked up an offer last night. He's already got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, and Tulsa, and then SMU became the fifth Division One offer. He's a top 50 player overall in the composite, um, and right now the number one player in Oklahoma, and he's right out of Oklahoma City at Heritage Hall, and uh, an area that KT Turner, uh, the SMU assistant, knows very, very well. So he picks up an offer. We're trying to catch up with him. Um, I know we talked about having Taz Sherman on the podcast. His schedule just did has not aligned for us to get on the phone. Um, but again, hoping to catch up with him, uh, for the podcast um, and for a story on his visit and kind of how things went. So, uh, that's where things stand with SMU basketball at this point. Again, we dropped a Hilltop review. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, on kind of where things stand in recruiting so i encourage you to go check that out um and and kind of give it a give it a look give it a, you know use our seven-day trial check that out and um you know get you know, join the conversation and ask questions about about kind of where things stand with smu basketball so with that we're gonna take a quick break from the podcast and we'll be right back as we transition over to the smu football side of things And welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. Thank you for listening. PonyStampede.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Check us out at PonyStampede.com. I'm Billy Emboddy. Moving on now to SMU football. We're almost a week away from SMU spring football game. April 13th at 1 p.m. We'll be out there full force covering that for you guys as, as spring practice begins to, begins to wind down. And I think we're starting to get... A little bit of clarity as as kind of who are some of the guys that have really made some headway, and Phil Mayer did a great job breaking down position by position on on the last episode of the podcast, coming off of Monday's practice. But one thing uh, I think has really stood out is the work Kadarius Smith has done um and and the way he's really taken the the reins over at offensive tackle spot and, and stepped up in a big way. And um, there's a lot of competition over there. Bo Morris started some games for SMU last year at left tackle. Um, you have Kobe Bryant, the junior college offensive tackle who came in and he really looks the part. He's got long arms. He's got a good frame. Um, so how does he fit into things? And then just overall, just competition um, along that offensive line has just been outstanding. It it, it seems like throughout, throughout the spring. So um, that's a position that I really want to see for the spring game. Just get after it. Um, their numbers are fine. They can you know rotate and do all of these things and have guys in the spots that they want them to, and and just kind of give us a look as to what what you know might the what the future might hold. Uh, over on the offensive line, we had a really good interview with Kadarius um, about his development, about his work with AJ Ricker. Um, he mentioned Kaz Kazi and the impact he's had over the course of a full year working with him. So uh, I encourage you to check that one out That's free. that's uh, on on right now. Um, and Kadarius is somebody that came in with a lot of a lot of um, hype, a lot of uh, attention. He had offers from from a lot of different Power five programs and he's underwhelmed. He's never started a game at, at SMU and I think he knows that but he's he's been patient and he's worked hard and and I think he's starting to finally get. The fruits of his labor and, and you continue to think okay he's got a full summer now again to work with Kaz. that's a big thing for him and so he's squarely in the competition to um you know start at one of the tackle spots and so they've done a good job developing him and um certainly getting um you know him ready to go and um um you know, get him developed the right way. And and it's taken this long, but if he is able to uh, to develop into a really solid starter, then that would be um, that'd be big for SMU. But it would allow Kobe Bryant to redshirt. I know when people hear junior college, they immediately think, okay, impact guy, if he doesn't play, he's a bust. But Kobe Bryant has four years to play three. So I think that's different um, for him, and, and he's a guy that, again, could benefit from a, an offseason with Kaz and just getting his body right. But he has, he has that frame that you just, you kind of love in an in offensive tackle. And, and um, that was a big recruiting win for SMU down the stretch um, when Auburn came calling. And, and it just, he he took an online class and Auburn wouldn't take it. And so that's pretty much why he's at SMU right now, um, is because of that online class. And then SMU held off a push from Kansas late for a visit as well. So, um, the competition on the offensive line has been outstanding this spring. I think that's a big thing. Um, one thing that another you know that stands out is the physicality of this team and and the nastiness. I know Phil mentioned the the chippiness in practice earlier this week, um, and and it's clear that you know they're kind of tired of hitting each other, and. I think that's more of a testament to how physical they practice and um, that mentality, especially on the defensive side of the things um, that has been you know, put in place by by Kevin Kane and, and those guys. And then also the the work A.J. Ricker has done trying to really emphasize you know being hard-nosed offensive linemen and, and, and finishing plays. And I know the, the skirmish was really about Will Brown and Michael Salerno, but um, it's it certainly, it, again, it just kind of – speaks to a bigger trend, I guess you should, you could say, um, with this team and kind of how they've changed their mindset. And um, so that's encouraging for me. I don't read, having been on you've been on a team, like you, you sit there and you have these practice fights and, you know, guys might be ticked off for a little bit even after practice if it was really bad, but you pretty much kind of put that behind you. I mean, your teammates and um, all those things and, and, and you know, it doesn't have, it's not something the coaching staff is having to deal with every day, it looks like. Um, at least when we're out there. So that that certainly kind of makes it, you know, I think feel and look a little bit better in, in the eyes of the coaching staff. So one thing we're going to do um, on this pod, we're not going to touch too much on spring football overall. Um, I kind of give some thoughts there, but we are going to go to our final interview um, from Pro Day with Kyron Mitchell, who uh, obviously came on really, really strong at, at the end of uh, his senior season. Went through Pro Day, had some good numbers here and there, um, and is going to probably have to be an undrafted guy. Um, that's just kind of the way it's going to go for him. But uh, he joined Phil to kind of talk about Pro Day, how it went, and all those things. So here's that interview with, with Kyron Mitchell and, and Phil Mayer, and, and we'll be right back um, after that interview. How'd you feel out there on pro day today?
1: Oh yeah, I felt real good. I felt like I'm, I was running good. I, I was uh, smooth in the drills, and that's what I that's what I wanted to do. So I'm just happy to wait off my shoulders and I show the scouts what I can do. Have any nerves coming into today? Oh yeah, I had a little butterflies, but once I once I got the bench press out the way, I was good. Just like a football game, you know, once you get that first hit, <laughs> then you're good after that. So I, I felt pretty good with my performance today. Are there particular like drills
0: or anything that uh, you really wanted to like nail for these scouts?
1: Um, just to, I wanted to show my um, show my movement, how, so I can move with space. So the three cones drill the L drill and then the uh, linebacker drill. I just wanna do good in those. What are some of the things you've been working on uh, improving since the season ended? Uh just being more explosive, you know, change the direction, everything. Just being faster, better athlete really, because that's what they want to see. They want to see if you're if you're an athlete out here. And not really testing the football, see you know, things like this. So they want to see how athletic you are. Schematically like how do you think you could maybe fit in with an NFL defense? Just the kind of defense you want to go into. Uh, to be honest, you know my first my first three years I played the uh, the nickel spot really the outside linebacker spot and last year I played inside so I feel like I can play inside and outside I can cover hit and blitz so I can really do anything you want as a linebacker and uh, what's it like kind of talking
0: to these scouts in interviews and stuff like
1: that uh, I haven't been I haven't got any interviews yet but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get some after uh, oh, after this so, yeah. Yeah.
0: looking back on SMU what's like your favorite memory from, from time there
1: uh, my favorite memory i say my um my, my first play, my uh, freshman year against Baylor, when I hit the receiver and knocked his helmet off. And, that, and I, after I did that, you know, my confidence went up. And that's my first play ever in college. So that was my uh, that's my best memory. Kind of set the tone for your career a yeah, little bit. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. That was a good way to start it, too. Yeah.
0: Uh, how do you feel about the direction of the program?
1: Oh, it's going, it's going up, man. These coaches have been doing a good job, getting everybody's mentality right. And everybody, you know, got the same goal. That's that's the win. So I feel like it, they'll keep going up. What, have, what has uh, Coach Cos brought? Uh, he strength. Everybody getting big. I came back uh, yesterday. I was like, man, everybody like they gained 20 pounds. So everybody getting bigger faster and stronger. And that's what you need.
0: Yeah. Uh, you played with Trevor Dembo a bit. He's switching out to safety this year. How do you think like different player? How do you think his uh, his skills suit that position?
1: Oh, he can play. Uh, he can play anything on defense really because he, he's big strong and he moves like a DB. So I don't, I don't really um, have no problems with him going to safety. Cause I feel like he can do anything.
0: And thanks Phil for doing that interview. Appreciate it. Good stuff from Kyron there. And, um, you know, just kind of looking ahead to the weekend now as we wrap things up. SMU set to hit the practice field again on Friday. We'll be out there with coverage of that. uh, The last Friday practice that is open to the media. Then Monday's practice will be open once again. And that'll be that on on spring practice. That'll be um, it. And then Saturday spring game, um, April 13th inside Ford Stadium at 1 o'clock. We'll be out there uh, covering that, and we'll get full. I think we'll get pretty much the run of the, run of the entire coaching staff, players, all of that. So we're looking forward to really gathering a lot of good stuff from that, and and kind of picking the brains and maybe somebody like Kevin Kane and Rhett Lashley and, kind of what they're thinking heading off from spring ball. Maybe talk with AJ Ricker, the new offensive line coach, um, and some of these other players. Uh, you know, maybe even who knows? Maybe we'll get lucky and and get somebody like Terrence Gibson and Roderick Roberson. You know, to uh, the two uh two of the uh freshman enrollees and kind of see how their spring went. But um with that guys we're gonna wrap up this podcast. So thanks so much for listening. Check us out, ponystampede.com. We're part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Pick up a seven day trial for VIP access on that. Subscribe. Leave us a rating please and a review on the podcast. Let us know what you think of the pod and how we can do better next time. So appreciate you guys listening. Have a great rest of your week.